Good morning and welcome to this Sacred Heart Hour on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined in the studio by Chuck and Joanne Wilson. And as we enter into this hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart of our Lord Jesus Christ on this first Friday of the month, I invite you to please join us in prayer as we enter into this journey of delving into the mysteries of our Lord's love, pouring forth from his Sacred Heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, who made known to St. Margaret Mary your great desire to reign over Christian families, we are gathered here today to proclaim your complete dominion over all families. From now on, we promise to lead a Christ-like life. We will strive to develop in our homes all the virtues which bring with them the peace that you have promised. And we will not compromise with the spirit of secularism, which you have so strongly denounced. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The opening prayer for this Sacred Heart Hour came from the Family Covenant with the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which is prayed by those families who, while in their homes, are participating in the enthronement of the Sacred Heart over their lives by making sure that an image of the Sacred Heart of our Lord Jesus Christ is kept in a prominent place in their family home. While we enter into this hour, it is once again good to be with all of you today, joined by, once again, Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Father. It's hard to believe it's back again, First Friday already. (laughs) And not only is it back again, but we are um, kind of confronted with the opportunity to enter into the great mysteries of our Lord's love as we are right on the cusp of entering into the holiest week of all weeks, entering into Holy Week. This coming Sunday, of course, is Palm Sunday, and then we go into the mysteries of our Lord's love played out before us in the drama of the sacred liturgy during Holy Week. One of the things that is always good for us to keep in mind as we enter into a new month and meditate upon the graces and glories of the Sacred Heart is the intention that our Holy Father, Pope Francis, has asked all of us to keep in our prayers. The intention for this month of April, given to us by Pope Francis, is in a particular way for young people. The Holy Father asks that young people may respond generously to their vocations and seriously consider offering themselves to God in the priesthood or consecrated life. So I invite you you to please join all of us uh, in keeping these prayers given to us by our Holy Father uh, as we enter into the glory of the Mass, as we enter into the Rosary, as we're riding along in the car listening to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. You know, something I want to toss the ball over to Chuck and Joanne, we're right on that, like I said, that cusp of entering into Holy Week. And, you know, sometimes I think it's... uh, it's such a powerful experience to enter into these mysteries that are played out before us, especially in the liturgy, and to consider the depth and the gravity of God's love for us, especially in Holy Week. You know, um, Chuck, you, in a particular way, uh, bring an interesting perspective and a very worthwhile one as a convert. How could you explain, mm. I'm going to put you on the spot here, it's off the talking <laughs> points, you know, how would you, what's the difference in how you approach Holy Week? You know, I think growing up, I I grew up in a congregational church, and um, it it was not part. It was just not part of preparation for Easter. It was really, Mm -hmm. uh, even Lent was not part of it. Sure. It was really just getting to Easter. Easter was was it. It was (laughs) it. The resurrection. But we didn't really prepare for the resurrection. Mm. And before I continue, I know I'm getting a tap on the shoulder, shoulder. Uh, regarding, we've got to proclaim the number to call in. And we have Scott Williamson answering the phones Thank today. Thank you, Scott. 
And just call in with any questions. And again, this is a Sacred Heart Hour, and um, we're just open to uh, this month, uh, not only in the reflection of the Sacred Heart, but any questions you would have. And we're going to be talking a little bit later on Divine Mercy. But coming back in my formation when I was young, before I converted after eight years of marrying Joanne to become a Catholic, um, we never really thought about it. Now it is the most, one of the most important times of my life and our family's life is entering in to this holy season, but it's really entering in, first of all, to Lent, to Ash Wednesday. Right, yeah. And in my personal story, my mother passed away on Ash Wednesday, and Joanne and I were at Mass that night, and so what a gift this was. Right. Um, and all of a sudden... And Father, maybe you've had other people experience this. This whole presence came over me mm. where I said, something is happening. Yeah. And my mother's in Florida. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like I got a phone call. Right. <laughs> and it was later on that night that I got the phone call that she had passed while we were at Mass. And it was just telling me that we're all going to return. Mm. But what a day to return on Ash Wednesday. It's true. Yeah. And what a powerful way to begin the season of Lent that year in your life. Yeah, it was. So I think that sort of always, probably for me, a special day to really start what yeah. Lent is about. Well, and I think, you know, and Joanne, you know, you and I being cradle, baby yes, Catholics. cradle. <laughs> we take it for granted. But I think there's, if all of us in our lives, whether those of us here in the studio, those in the home, those in the car listening right now, joining us from all across the state of Ohio, if you think about those important points in our lives— those important days every week, every year we celebrate, there's always a lead up to it. You know, there's that period of preparation for holy matrimony. There's the period of formation for being ordained a priest, for taking your final vows as a religious. There's that experience of Advent before Christmas, the experience of Lent before Easter. This time to almost help us to prepare, but also in a very real way to adjust ourselves to the reality that's going to occur. And it's the same, uh, you know, Holy Week really is a climax the experience of Lent, and it t- takes us into Easter. And when we have the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ enthroned in the home, there has to be that preparation period. You are so right, Father. And I think, if you know, for busy people, for busy moms, for family life, it's a time, give yourself permission. Right. You know, permission to sit down and go through your own stations of the cross meditation book. And just give yourself permission to turn off the technology to really, you know, part of like the message of our Holy Father is vocations. But young people have to be able to hear they have to be able the to voice. Listen. Yeah. Right. And so many times that's becoming more difficult in our world today. So and also I think making it, you know, we have such a beautiful faith and it's it's a celebration. Yeah. And, you know, it's not just a doom and gloom. We are celebrating what our Lord did for us, that right. he died for us. He opened up the gates for of heaven for us. That is something to just uh, celebrate and anticipate. But also in family life, you can, yeah. um, you know, we had a, I still have it, a cake pan that's a cross. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just doing little things like, uh, especially during 
the time 12 to 3, keeping candles going. Yeah. You know, During just visuals. Hours, yeah, just some, so. bring into the family also in a enjoyable way. Right. You know, we Catholics, we always sing at Mass. Now, that doesn't mean we sing well, but we always sing. <laughs> we try. We try. St. <laughs> Augustine said, he who sings prays twice, and of course, the one that can't prays three times. You know? <laughs> um, but, you know, it's important. On Palm Sunday, after Mass, there's no music. I know. We leave in silence. And that's something very uh, in, it's inviting for us, but at the same time, I think it is fair to say it's almost haunting. Hmm. And we enter hmm. into the silence. And it's when we enter into that silence, we realize there is a voice that speaks in the silence. And for families that bring the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ into their homes, a lot of times they'll say that there's a presence here now. We acknowledge a presence. And that's why, you know, bringing the Lord's sacred heart into your home does not just consist of hanging a picture and then turn around and walking away. There has to be that preparation. There has to be that opening of the heart. There has to be that difficult experience of I need the Lord. I cannot do this on my right. own. You know, Father, when you mentioned the images, and again, for those that have enthroned their homes, uh, they are presented with an image of the Sacred Heart uh, that we recommend, and I know, Father, you stress this, to really to put it into the place, hang it on the wall, or put it on a shelf where the family gathers. Where, yeah. Yeah, exactly. where, yeah. Where, yeah. where the family comes together. And I know we, we, we have a, I have a wife that's not only do we have two images, <laughs> but, we, but we have a statue. I need a lot of holy reminders. <laughs> we, we, we have a statue. So wherever I go, I'm that's thinking, right. oh my He's goodness. He's with you. Don't forget. What were those promises? You know, yeah. what do I need to do today? Have I been to Mass? Have I said my morning prayers? But it's just a reminder. And it's like, as I mentioned earlier, with my mom passing away, I have a beautiful picture of her. Right. And it reminds me of today, not that I'm broadcasting it to the world, but just to the Sacred Heart family, that today is my birthday. Oh. Oh, Yeah. (laughs) And I was thinking when she said yes to life back Uh, here. Exactly. Back in 1944 during the war. Right. She wasn't thinking about how am I going to raise a son because the war was going on. She was open to life, and here I am today being so blessed by being a Catholic today. And I think for those out there that are on the fence sometime, should I really find out more about the Catholic Church, my answer would be yes. Because when you do, then you start to just open up the richness of the whole church, and which life. is Jesus' right. church. Yeah. Well, and don't forget people who are on the fence of having a home enthronement. How about a number? And uh, Oh, yes. Please call if you have any questions, which is um, call Scott, 614-459-4820. We'd love to address those questions. But if you are considering, if you are on the fence, if there's anything keeping you from this uh, wonderful grace and the 12 promises, which we'll go through a little bit later. Um, don't. Just do it. Just do it. And that goes to, uh, you know, those who are listening. I never cease to be amazed at how many people listen to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio who are not Catholic. Yeah, And wonderful. so, you know, we're entering into the holiest of all times. Mm-hmm. And if you find yourself living nearby or driving by, 
or know of a place where there's a Catholic church, you know, take the step and visit one of the liturgies during Holy Week. You know, there are so many parishes in uh, throughout Ohio, and each one of them, you know, they enter into this journey of Holy Week, and you will meet the Lord there. You'll meet the Lord in the silence. You'll meet the Lord in the symbolism. You'll meet the Lord in the prayers. And that presence we have in those liturgies is the presence that each one of us should have in our homes through the Sacred Heart of Jesus. He wants to be present there. He wants to be present. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the whole reason why we do this Sacred Heart Hour on the first Friday is because the Lord asks us on the first Friday of every month Mm -hmm. to bring to mind the fullness of his life. And it's like Chuck highlighted, he sees that picture of his mother and he's reminded of so many things. We see a picture of any of our family members in our homes. Mm -hmm. We don't just see a face and say, I know the name. We think of how we're tied into them. We think of all that they've done for us, all that we've done for them, the mutual gift of self. When we see that image of our Lord Jesus Christ with his heart exposed, we're, we're drawn into the mystery of his life. And on this first Friday, as every first Friday, we're called to meditate upon the fullness of his love, but the fullness of his love for you. For you, where you are now, exactly, and how much the Lord's heart beats with love for you. And even in the symbolism, the heart is crowned with thorns, reminding us that while he was in the Passion, he was crowned with thorns, showing that uh, he is king of all. But he doesn't receive the crown of glory or the crown of gold or the crown of jewels. He receives the crown of thorns. He receives Mm. that crown of imperfection, Mm. of pain, because he knows where we are. He knows how we are. He knows the kind of stickiness of our lives, and he wants that. He wants to be the king where we are. He doesn't want to be the king where we want to be. He wants to be the king where we are in our homes. Father, that is such a beautiful meditation, and one we need to constantly go back and remind ourselves and connect with. And this is such a beautiful time of the year to do that. Very powerful. And let's talk maybe, Father, about the Last Supper. Exactly. Yeah. You know, when we enter into the first Friday, we're brought into that fullness of Jesus' love. And this first Friday today is particularly special, not just because it's Chuck's birthday, <laughs> <laughs> but also because we're you know, in God's providence. He's bringing us to this time where we have a moment to pause and to reflect while on, in this hour uh, as we head into Palm Sunday. And then Palm Sunday issues us into Holy Week. And one of the most beautiful mm-hmm. things that we can enter into is that, that uh, climax, if you will, of you know, the Last Supper. Jesus is there with his gang, his gang, his gang of friends, you know, his closest, his closest students, if you will, the ones he has chosen by name and then called them to himself. And I can never help but help always think of the power of love that was exhibited by the youngest of the 12, that teenage boy, John, John, you know, and he knew, he knew something was going on. He was a typical teenager. He knew there was drama going mm-hmm. on, and he wanted to be at the center mm-hmm. of it. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, Peter mm-hmm. tells him, go find out who's going to betray the Lord. Mm-hmm. You want to find out something, you ask a teenager to find it mm-hmm. out. You don't go to the senior yeah. citizen because you know we don't, you don't go to the mature adult. You don't mm-hmm. go to anybody. You go to the teenager. Yeah. Find out what's going mm-hmm. on here. And what does John do? John does not go and find out what's going on. He knows his master, his teacher, his cousin, Jesus Christ, the passion is coming. And he embraces the Lord, hugging him, mm. you know. And it's one of the most beautiful embraces we can receive from, from mm. somebody, especially when it's unexpected. Mm. Someone just walks up and gives us a hug. Mm. That's what John did. He embraced the Lord, placing his head upon the chest, the breast of Jesus Christ. And I remember I was at a parish preaching mm. about the Sacred Heart. Mm. And some people came up after the Mass, after the homily, 
And they said, you know, you Catholics, you make all this stuff up. And I said, well, I'm sure some Catholics do make things up, but I didn't make this up. And they said, well, where's that found in the Scripture? And I said, well, to the point, if you go to the end of John's Gospel, second and third last paragraphs of his Gospel, you go to there, and John gives a very brief description of the disciple whom Jesus loved. He never refers to himself by name, typical teenager. He always highlights Mm -hmm. what happened to him. And how he embraced the Lord at the Last Supper. Mm. Something that we all take for granted because we see the images of the Last Supper. But this is what this was our lived reality. John could tell something was happening. So he embraces Jesus and he places his head against the divine breast and chest of our Lord to be close to that beating heart because he could tell something was going to start to occur. And the passion is that which was about to start. That's something we enter into every first Friday. We enter into that need to be close to the heart of Jesus Christ. How often is it that we each have our own passion? We each have our own trial. We each have our own persecution, prosecution. We each have that difficult meeting we've got to go to. Well, what do we do? We wring our hands. We start sweating. We get frustrated. We get angry. We commit sin. We become you know, that least favorite person of everyone around us. John, he drew close to the Lord, and our Lord allowed him to. So... First Friday gives us an opportunity to think about the Last Supper, to think about how we need to draw close to Jesus. Now, Father, also, when people ask us where this Sacred Heart devotion came from, mm-hmm. you know, really, it came from the beginning, oh, yeah. from the Last Supper. Right. It wasn't just with St. Margaret Mary. Right. And, you know, you could even trace it back to the Incarnation. When God mm-hmm. spoke the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us in that Incarnation, you know, the Annunciation... From that moment, the divine heart started to beat. The heart was formed within the womb of Our Lady. The heart was beating. It was sacred. It was divine. And from that moment on, the heart of Jesus Christ was beating among us. John drew close to it at the Last Supper, you know. And then, of course, you know, the heart was pierced on the cross. Uh, You know, the Lord Jesus Christ in the Gospel of Matthew says, I am meek and humble of heart, you know. So there, there are over a thousand references in sacred scripture to the reality of the heart, In Jesus Christ in the flesh, we come to know of his sacred heart, and then through St. John in Scripture, and then a variety and a great multitude of saints through 2,000 years, we know of how to draw close to that reality. You know, a question came in just a few moments ago on uh, St. Gabriel Radio, and is it the sacred heart enthronement new, or is it an old practice? Oh, perfect. That's just Um, what we're talking about. So it seems like my grandparents had... Uh, their home enthroned. Well, the reality of the mm-hmm. enthronement is not as old as the devotion of the Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. You know, we just said our, the Lord's Sacred Heart goes all the way back to the Incarnation. That drawing close to the Sacred Heart goes back to the Last Supper. The reality of having the Sacred Heart in an image goes back to St. Margaret Mary. But the enthronement goes back to just under 200 years ago with a certain priest by Father Matteo. And Father Matteo saw the need in the Christian families to have that intimacy with Jesus Christ, to have that warmth. And so Father Matteo brought into popular practice this devotion or this uh, exercise called the enthronement, wherein a family brings the sacred heart of Jesus Christ into their home through a statue, a picture, an image, but then they actually go through a preparation phase and they make him the king, the brother, and the friend of their family in their home. And Father, that preparation phase is so important. Very important. And sometimes... Well, it's Holy Week for Easter. The preparation phase is for the enthronement. Absolutely. And sometimes, many times, this is the first time 
that the family has gathered and prayed together on a regular basis uh, every day. And because, you know, you do your best you can, and sometimes it's not going to happen in family life, mm-hmm. but there is that effort to prepare for the enthronement after the initial. I see and, a fire in Chuck. He's got something to no, say. No. Come on, help us. Hard to get a word in here. Hard to get a word in here. But um, but I was thinking our preparation phase is really, if you do it on a Monday or you do it on a Sunday, it's Absolutely. the following Monday or Sunday uh, that you're going to enthrone. So we're giving you a week. So it's easy mm-hmm. to put on the calendar. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, that week of preparation is so important. And I was thinking when you talked about Father Mateo. Ma- Ma- Fa- Mateo. Mateo. Um, and the 12 promises because that were given to St. Margaret Mary. The second one was, I will give peace in their families. Mm-hmm. And the ninth is, I will bless the homes in which the image of my sacred heart shall be exposed and honor. And I think, as you mentioned, Father, around 200 years ago, it was evident to Father Matteo. Ma- Matteo. Matteo. <laughs> I'll get it out. You'll get it out. Come Father Matteo. He knows who he Father is. Mateo, Don't worry about it. It was um, <laughs> so evident to him that the families needed this. Very much so. And not just families, households. Households needed it. And I think today we need it. Today, as more than ever. More than ever, as the homes did 200 years ago. So it really is something that is not new. No, no not it at all. It never... And what, what happened, Father? What happened between maybe the grandparents and today that we've lost this beautiful, sure. beautiful tradition well, of like, enthroning homes? It's like at the time of Father Mateo. You know, you went from a time where everybody was grounded in the love of Jesus Christ mm. And there was this massive cultural revolution, which was the industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. People were leaving the land, leaving their farms. They were starving. They had to earn money. They had to make a way to find a way to live a life. They were entering into the cities. Mothers were working. Fathers were working. Children were working. The home Mm -hmm. life had been completely destroyed. Father Mateo saw this, and he understood if the home is destroyed, humanity is next. Mm -hmm. And so he brought the Sacred Heart back into the home to restore humanity. Now we find ourselves here. What has happened between the grandparents of today and the children, or the great-grandparents today and the great-grandchildren? We've had another cultural revolution. Mm. And one may say it's the technological revolution. We are more focused on that which we can hold in our hand and communicate with the world than the reality of the heart that we have within us that needs to be loved. Oh, that is so Someone true, should write that Father. down. Yes. That just came out. That is good. <laughs> All these things, just we know the Holy Spirit's in charge Absolutely. of this hour. We, we've got notes galore, but oh. he's always in charge. And that's what happened. Yeah. And so we've, we've kind of become distanced from the reality mm-hmm. of Christ's love for us in the home, mm-hmm. in the home. And we can find this in so very many ways, mm-hmm. especially the extreme crisis of identity for the human person today. And for those that are listening, call in 614-459-4820. It's a Sacred Heart Hour, and we're talking about the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. And Father just gave a beautiful description of why you need it today. But also, what's more importantly is, we know families today, and and even in our family, families are not perfect. Only the Holy Family was perfect. So no matter where your family is today, no matter where the struggles are going through today within your family, 
Jesus is waiting. Yeah. He's waiting for that personal invite. Jesus, come into our homes. We're ready now to enthrone you as the king, brother, and friend of our home. And that's all you have to do because we bring everything that you need. And, you know, I think it's important. While perfection may not be there, holiness can be. You know, Mm. we just, we we had a gift. We did a family the other day. Beautiful family. Beautiful family, four beautiful children. And what was so beautiful is we're all in one room, but the children... We're paying attention, but they were standing, they were climbing <laughs> on furniture. They were, but they were it, children. But it, when, it was their turn to read or their turn to pray a decade, lead the decade they of the were rosary. Right there. They jumped right in. <laughs> yeah. And I, it, it amazed me how they could do a couple things at one time, but I realized they were paying attention. Absolutely, yeah. they were. They're always listening. It was powerful. It was powerful. And I think so when Joanne mentioned, you know, a couple months ago, we were talking about family life. Family life can be messy sometimes. But through that messiness, Jesus wants to penetrate it. He wants to touch the hearts. And that's what this enthronement of the sacred heart is. It's saying to your family, we no longer can just continue as is. We need to bring Jesus in and to bring our family back to being a holy family. Amen. This is the prayer. This is the second paragraph of the family covenant prayer that is prayed and is prayed also renewed at special times in family life. You will rule over our minds through our deep and living faith. You will be king of our hearts by our generous love for you. And we will cultivate this love by the frequent reception of you in Holy Communion. Amen. Amen. I'm Deacon Patrick Wilson with today's Daily Lenten Reflection on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. On this Friday of the fifth week of Lent, it's good to reflect on the journey that we have made thus far through our Lenten season. And it's good to make every Friday a day of penance for those things we have not done or have failed to do for the good of others. We have to reflect as we go to the Stations of the Cross on Fridays and listen to the words of Jesus from the cross, especially those words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We reflect upon the suffering of Christ. Suffering can become a source of salvation when faith and hope allow the sufferers to participate in the mystery of the cross, but it can also give sufferers reason to abandon God because God appears to have abandoned them. Our Lord Jesus Christ does not abandon us. And in this season of Lent, as we come near Holy Week, we should reflect again, get to confession, and make sure that we are prepared for the coming of Christ at Easter season. I'm Deacon Patrick Wilson for St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Women's Care Center. Can a mother forget her infant? Be without tenderness for the child in her womb. Even should she forget, I'll never forget you. Help us drive home the Word of God to our St. Gabriel Catholic Radio family of listeners. Did you know that you can donate your car, truck, or van to AM820? And your donation may qualify you for a tax deduction. It's easy and a great way to share the Word of God with listeners all over Ohio. Call 614-459-4820 or visit us online for details at stgabrielradio.com. 
Wyandotte Winery, where you enter as a customer, leave as a friend. Since 1977, Wyandottewinery.com. You're listening to the Sacred Heart Hour on listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. I'm Father Stosh Daly, and joining me in the studio are Chuck and Joanne Wilson. We've been discussing the reality of our Lord's Sacred Heart and the glory of this particular time of the year as we enter into Palm Sunday and the Holy Week, starting with this day, which is the first Friday of the month. As we enter into this next segment of the Sacred Heart Hour, I invite uh, Chuck to lead us in the opening prayer for this segment, which comes from the covenant prayer, which is prayed by the household with our Lord Jesus Christ when they participate in the enthronement. name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Divine hearted Jesus, preside over our family gatherings. Bless all of our family undertakings, both spiritual and temporal. Sanctify our joys and comfort us in our sorrows. And if any members of our family should have the misfortune to offend you seriously, remind them, O Sacred Heart of Jesus, of your infinite love and mercy for the penitent sinner. And when the hour of separation comes, when death brings its sorrow into our family, we will humbly accept your divine will. And at the same time, we will console and comfort ourselves with the thought that the time will come when our whole family will be united lovingly with you in heaven again. Amen. Amen. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Here we are once again at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And these prayers that we're using for the opening and closing of the segments come from the covenant, the family covenant with the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, prayed by those family members in a household when those there in that household enter into that union with the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ as a part of the enthronement process. In the last segment, we had a listener call in with a question asking, is the Sacred Heart enthronement new or is it old? And I guess the answer is it's both. It's new in the eyes of the church since we're 2,000 years old. Um, but in the eyes of the faith, it's really something that's old. It's, it's a way for people today to engage and to become one with the reality of the presence of the Sacred Heart in the Christian home. As we've been entering into this uh, Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month, We've been using this opportunity to appreciate the connection, the connectivity between every First Friday and the reality of Good Friday, the reality of the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ that begins shortly after the Last Supper on Holy Thursday, culminates in the cross on Good Friday, and of course leads us to the glorious resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday. It's a beautiful thing because every First Friday uh, we are given this opportunity when we enter into the Mass, confession, adoration, but for the homes that have an image of the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, it's not limited to just the first Friday. It's every day our Lord's sacred heart is there in the home. This is the lived reality. And also that uh, covenant prayer, Father, that we've been taking paragraphs and praying today to just remind those who have had their homes enthroned. Of which there are many. Of which there are many, <laughs> like what, over many. a thousand oh, now. Yeah. Just it's in our just, area, yeah. It's so wonderful. But to gather together and pray that prayer, and Easter is a perfect time. Absolutely. That And even we'll do that for Chuck's birthday celebration tomorrow with the family. Just it because it is such a beautiful prayer, it's so renewing. And we really do want to strive to make our home 
another Bethany exactly. that where our Lord is welcome. In. And it's important to keep in mind this past Sunday's gospel passage, the death of Lazarus, the resurrection of oh, Lazarus. Yeah. That took place in Bethany. Oh, you know, that drama yeah. took place in Bethany, oh, and we're asking point. the Lord to make our homes another Bethany, oh, where Mary, Martha, good. and Lazarus lived. You know, we want him to have that intimacy with those who dwell in our homes. Yeah. You know, and we're getting questions about the reality of the Sacred Heart, and we're addressing those questions. And if you are finding yourself with a question about the Sacred Heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, or a desire to learn more about the enthronement, please don't hesitate. Call in to 614-459-4820. Again, 614-459-4820. Some of you are calling in in this hour, but if you have questions about the enthronement or a request for the enthronement, you can call into the radio at any time, and they'll forward that request onto Sacred Heart Columbus, which is the local apostolate ministry, which helps people bring the Sacred Heart into their and home. And you can just call in to say, give me a call later. Absolutely. And, uh, and Scott is you know, very knowledgeable, and he will answer questions and think about it, or go ahead and call to schedule. And if you've already re- requested uh, to have your home and family enthroned, and for some reason uh, one of the missionaries has not gotten back to we're you. We're all volunteers. We're all volunteers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, we're accountable, too, as volunteers. And Welcome if, to Lent. Yeah, and and uh, someone might have to go to confession. <laughs> But on the other hand, if you have, and we haven't reached out to you, please call in and remind Absolutely. us. Because yeah. we, uh, as Joanne and Father mentioned, we've been blessed to over a thousand homes and thrown. And um, for myself, the real witness, and there are a lot of testimonies, but the real witness is not one family has mm-hmm. ever said, I wish I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's an hour preparation time, and then it's the hour of enthronement time, and it's about 20 to 30 minutes every night for seven days. Come on now, open up your calendars, get a schedule. But Father, as we're really talking about this, we're now leading up into Good Friday, and then we know Easter, and then we're getting into Divine Mercy. Oh, Maybe yes. share yeah. how all that comes together. It's a very powerful, it's almost like a marathon. Mm. <laughs> it's like this liturgical marathon. It's living the life of the church and living it well. Um, I think it's important for us to consider, you know, on Good Friday, which we are able to relive every first Friday, uh, what happens on the cross? Our Lord Jesus Christ exhibits his, his love for us, the power of his love. And one of the final acts that occurs on the cross is the piercing of his side, that pierced side, that wounded side, was one of the first expressions in popular piety of a devotion to the heart, mm. the piercing of the side. And what happens when the heart is pierced? Uh, love and mercy pour forth, issue forth. It's you know what some would say, it's the lifeblood of the church being poured forth. And that prepares us for the glory, the excitement of Easter Sunday, the most powerful day of anyone's life, where the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of the living and the dead, comes back from the dead. And Easter then takes us into the holy season of Easter, where for the octave, those eight days that follow, every day is a little Easter. The Gloria is prayed. You know, it's the that Friday in the Easter octave is the one Friday in the year that is not supposed to be a day of penance. Father Blas says there. we have to have dessert every day. <laughs> I know, Father, and I, I know <laughs> yes, he would say he that. Yeah. 
<laughs> but he wears a white habit, so he has to be very careful with all those desserts exactly. he's eating during the Easter season. <laughs> but you know, it opens us up into the reality of celebration. It does. Living the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, living the life of the church. And of course, you know, um, our Lord was not content in leaving us alone. So he reminds mm. us through the incarnation of God's love for us. He reminds us through his preaching and teaching and the miracles of God's love for us. He reminds us through the confection of the Eucharist. He leaves himself present among us through the blessed sacrament, the power of adoration. He gives himself to us through the image of his heart. He you know, speaks to St. Margaret Mary over and over and over again about his love for humanity. St. Gertrude the Great, she had the apparitions of St. John, and she goes, you love the Sacred Heart. Why didn't you write about it? And John said to St. Gertrude, it wasn't my task. Hmm. Humanity has grown cold. Hmm. And we find that coldness in humanity having grown over time, so much so that our Lord then visits then sister, now St. Faustina. What does he say to her? The mercy endures forever. Hmm. You know, Chuck said something in beautiful. So it was so beautiful in preparation for this hour. He said, you know, the Lord loves, the Lord loves, the Lord loves. Humanity, it turned away from his love. So then the Lord just said, Forget it. I'm just going to be merciful. <laughs> I'm going to forgive you. You're yeah. not. You're not accepting my love. Ugh. Accept my mercy. Mm. And it does go hand in hand. It goes hand in the hand. love and the mercy. It goes hand in hand. We cannot put them against one another. When we enter into the beauty and the glory of Divine Mercy Sunday, given to us by now Saint John Paul II, do we see a connection here, Faustina? John Paul II. There is confusion. I, yeah. There is confusion, and we even have that sometimes going out into homes mm-hmm. of, you know, well, I, I really have a devotion to divine mercy. Yeah. So, but, you know, there is no um, competition. It's, a, it's compl- a compliment. It's a compliment. Exactly. It's the Lord. We need the Lord in our lives. And through his mercy, through his love, it all issues forth from his heart. You know, in preparation, Chuck highlighted one of the promises, you know, for those who draw close to the sacred heart, there's going to be that ocean of mercy there's that ocean of mercy. How often do we hear that phrase mm. in the meditations given to us by St. Faustina? There is an ocean of mercy there. And we think of, you know, we take our sins to the Lord in the sacrament of confession. It's like bringing a little cup of water. Yeah. We bring that little cup of water to the Lord, and the Lord takes it and just dumps it in the ocean. And he says, no, yeah. good luck finding it. Yeah. It's been obliterated in his mercy. Oh, it's been completely lost image. in his love. And that's the reality mm-hmm. of the sacred heart. We draw close to him. We live his life. Mm-hmm. And as we discussed... We're in that moment in the calendar. We're in that moment in the life of the church where there is just so much that overwhelms us with his love. I mean, I ask my friends um, from growing up days, uh, high school days, and the guys I met when I was in seminary who don't live our faith, they don't practice our faith, and I ask them, I was like, what do you do with all your time? Yeah. As a Catholic, there's always something to do. There's always something always to think, live. How do you live on crumbs? <laughs> we have the banquet. Yeah. There is that. I yeah. I mean, we guys we don't usually refer to that, but yeah, I, I can see that. Austin from now on, we don't, we don't live on crumbs. You know, but you that's know, true. It's a good idea. Yeah. But I think um, a lot of our listeners, including ourselves, you know, understand that we've lived in a very secular world today that is just drawing us away from Jesus every yeah. day, away from our faith. You don't need it. Sports is now more important. Other events are more important. The technology does not allow uh, working people off call today because technology keeps you on call. 24-7. But I think that number six promise that you just talked about, sinners, I'm thinking of myself, 
so many of us, shall find in my heart the source and infinite ocean of mercy. mercy. And I think, as you said, Father, that he came to give us his love. But when we weren't returning that love to him, he finally said to Sister Faustina, it's mercy now. Yeah. It's just, and that's what he wants to give us. And maybe share a little bit why Divine Mercy Sunday now. Father. Well, you know, I think it, we're, we have to be fully acknowledging of the great blessing that was given to us in time. We were given, um, you know, Pope Francis is the blessing in our leader that we, the Lord wants us to have right now. Um, then we had before him Pope Benedict XVI, and before him we had John Paul II. Now, St. John Paul II, my personal hero, the hero of my childhood and the hero of my priesthood. And, you know, he saw, he understood the power of God's mercy in an age when men and women were literally killing each other in world wars. Not one, not two, but think of all the armed conflicts in one century, the need for mercy, the need to be able to forgive. And so when the Lord revealed this this incredible ocean of mercy to St. Faustina there in Poland, you know, and then it was a Polish pope who highlighted mercy is needed for everyone. Every single mm-hmm. person needs that embrace of mercy. And so he responded to the request made by our Lord to St. Faustina to have the first Sunday following Easter Sunday be designated as the Sunday of Divine Mercy or Divine Mercy Sunday and to enter into the reality Jesus Christ conquers death. If he can conquer death, he can conquer our sin. Mm. He can conquer our wounds. If he can conquer and be victorious over all of our faults and our failures, why do we not accept his mercy and love? Draw mm. close to that ocean of mercy and love. You know, and once again, the phones are available for questions. And we had another question just come in. Uh, the question is, if we have already had our home enthroned, how often do we need a renewal of the sacred heart? Very good question. That's a very good The one. answer is very simple. You need a renewal of the Sacred Heart as often as you determine you need it. Ooh, it's I something like good to renew answer. it at least once a year. But, you know, some people, they're going through a tough patch in their life. Renew your covenant with the Lord's Sacred Heart every day or and renew it every week. we do leave the manuals. Absolutely. We do leave manuals. Yeah. So, uh, so you do have those prayers there yeah. for you and as many as you need. Some people request three, four, whatever. Renew your covenant with the Sacred Heart every time you attend Sunday yeah. Mass and receive our Lord in Holy Communion. The reality of our Lord in Holy Communion is the reality of his heart. And all of the Eucharistic miracles of the Church, you know, the Eucharistic species has always taken upon itself the outward accidents of the heart. And I think when you have those images in your home after, you know, you've done the enthronement, to spend just even a moment or two in front of them every day. And just to express your love for the Lord. And a practical tidbit. Periodically move them. Oh, I, that's a good one too. Yeah. So and you don't get so that so we don't get that to, dust yeah. ring around it on the wall. Yeah. You know? yeah. Keep our Lord alive. Yeah, that's good. Father. In the home, you know, I was thinking when you every year you get the calendar out, you put your special events on the calendar, you put birthdays, anniversaries, mm-hmm. and uh, you need to go back to that certificate uh, that we've left with families with the date that your home was enthroned and your family was enthroned. And I think that's the time uh, where you want to put it down every year on your calendar. If you haven't renewed, at least renew it once a year. Very good. I think, you know, it's also important to realize that whenever we have our Lord's Sacred Heart in our home, uh, he gives us the strength to carry the crosses of our day. 
He gives uh, us that strength. And sometimes it's like, well, what burden am I accepting? You're not accepting a burden. You're accepting his strength. Well, that's the carry first the cross. promise. I will give to them all the graces necessary for their state in life. And many times we need special graces. Oh, all, at least for me, yeah. all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> so, all the time. All the time. I'm a holy wannabe, you know, <laughs> so I need and this grace. Maybe after the break, Father, for those listening, we're talking about promises, the 12 promises. You can share a little bit further where they came from. Stay with us. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. so there's reason for people to stay tuned. We're going to do a little cliffhanger there. you know. And keep in mind, a house divided cannot stand. And so we allow the Lord Jesus Christ, we invite the Lord Jesus Christ to come in and to be the glue that keeps our families together when there are so many obligations and invitations and opportunities that can divide a family. We invite the Lord in to come to keep us united in prayer. And it's also for individuals. Absolutely. Well, and yeah, and it keeps them united to the family that is the church. Oh. And you're right. You know, Businesses and schools have also been opened up to the enthronement, which is a powerful way to keep mm-hmm. peace in those environments where a lot of times stress can... Drive us apart. Yes. Time for prayer. Absolutely. So we go into the family covenant and uh, the covenant that is prayed by the household that is making the enthronement. We've journeyed through five paragraphs thus far. And as we bring to a close this segment, we're going to close with that last paragraph taken from the covenant prayer with the sacred heart of Jesus. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Lord, we give thee thanks and praise for the gifts you have bestowed upon us through the heart of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask the Immaculate Heart of Mary and our glorious protector, St. Joseph, to offer you the families that have consecrated you as the king of their lives. May the memory of this consecration be with us always. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. A prayer for our listeners. Father in heaven, send forth your Holy Spirit as springs of living water to renew and refresh the listeners of AM820. Redeem our lives and free us from the past so all is made new as we live out the holiness we are being called to. Give us a hunger for your word and for prayer so we will be everything you desire us to be. Steep us in a baptism of love so we are secure and aware of our dignity as the children of God. So on fire with love for our God, we are equipped for the work that lies ahead. Draw us into that intimate union with the triune God that will satisfy our deepest longings and give us a hope that cannot disappoint. Mike and Jean Gordon Realtors with the Gordon Realty Group at Keller Williams Greater Columbus Realty. Superior service, superior results. GordonRealtyGroup.com Enrich your prayer life by spending time with Jesus face-to-face in the exposition of the Blessed Sacrament once a week. Your daily prayer will be enlivened and your appreciation of Sunday Mass will be deepened by spending an hour a week with Jesus in adoration. Commit to one hour a week with our Lord in the Divine Mercy Chapel. Open hours are from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day or visit stmatthew.net, that's stmatthew.net, to enroll for a weekly hour. Divine Mercy Perpetual Adoration, St. Matthew the Apostle Church, 807 Havens Corners Road in Gahanna. Panic Lighting, we brighten your home and your office. Located at East North Broadway and Highway 71. On the web, Panic Lighting.
You're listening to the Sacred Heart Hour on listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. I'm Father Stosh Daly, and once again, joining me in the studio this morning are Chuck and Joanne Wilson. We've been discussing the Sacred Heart of our Lord Jesus Christ and how this time of the year directs our attention back to the gift of our Lord's Sacred Heart. You know, as a moment to pause... The music that introduces us always makes me feel a little bit unworthy. It's like it I feel like I should beautiful. have a halo and wings, and I don't. I have a black cassock and the sacred music sense. is important. <laughs> it's very important. It's another yeah. tool. For... But it kind of like you know, it's like ooh, that's a very high podium to step up and don't do it. <laughs> so here we are, bringing to a close this uh, Sacred Heart Hour, and we're understanding the gift of time, the gift mm. to celebrate into the liturgy of the church and the liturgical calendar. On this first Friday, we have the opportunity to meditate upon God's incredible love for every single human person, and especially as we prepare to enter into Holy Week through the great experience of Palm Sunday, journeying into the reality of the week where our Lord manifests the depth of his love. On Tuesday, of course, there's the Chrism Mass at the cathedral, and all of the faithful uh, you know, are invited to attend that Holy Mass. Oh, it's, and it's a beautiful opportunity oh. to pray for our bishop and our priest, mm. to pray that these uh, men who have been drawn by the Lord to himself to be the sacred ministers of our holy faith always remain rooted in Jesus, remain rooted in the Eucharist. And of course, in addition to the beautiful promises that the priest renew before the bishop, the bishop blesses the holy oils, which will be then distributed to the parishes for the sacred triduum. Then we enter into the beauty of Holy Thursday, And uh, St. Gabriel Radio, if you're not able to attend the Chrism Mass, St. Gabriel Radio will be broadcasting the Chrism Mass. And it's a beautiful and powerful opportunity to hear the words of our bishop spoken from himself, by himself, during Holy Week. Then we enter into Holy Thursday, the Mass of the Lord's Supper. Uh, Once again, for those of you who have the opportunity, please find out uh, what time your local parish is going to be offering the Mass of the Lord's Supper. For those of you who are not Catholic, this is the week. This is the week to go and get a taste of the sacred liturgy of the Catholic Church. This is the week to go and enter into the the divine drama, the drama of God's love. And on Good Friday, that powerful, powerful day where on the one hand, we have to come face to face with the consequences of our bad choices, our sins. But on the other hand, we are reminded of God's incredible love, his his powerful love and mercy and the greatness of his cross. And then, of course, that leads into Holy Saturday, and Holy Saturday with the blessing of the fire, the lighting of the Paschal candle, the entrance and the procession into the dark church, the reading of the readings from sacred scripture, and then the Gloria. And then, of course, the beauty and the glory of our Lord's resurrection on Easter Sunday, which then enters us into the Easter season, where we give thanks and praise for the restoration of eternal life given to each one of us when our Lord opens the gates to heaven. And that brings us that octave to a close with Divine Mercy Sunday. But I have a question, Father. Why confessions? Why confessions before Easter? What 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 is that within yeah. the Catholic Church? You know, I think it's a it's a powerful opportunity. It's a beautiful invitation to make sure that in order to fully be alive as we enter into the celebration of our Lord's resurrection from the dead, to fully be alive in the celebration of his victory over death, that we're not attached to anything from our past that pulls us away from him that we're not attached to anything in our present life that pulls us away from him, which is sin, to have that opportunity to confess. There are so many churches which increase the availability for the sacrament of confession. 
of course, being a, you know, St. Patty's boy, I'm reminded of mm-hmm. the hours and hours and hours of confession offered by the good Dominican friars of St. Patrick's. I heard Patrick's. it was like 40 hours if you add it all up. It's, it's long. Yeah. I mean, those those friars, I mean, God bless them. A lot of times there are two. Yeah. I mean, in Good Friday, for those hours of the Treori, the mm-hmm. three-hour devotion, you know, and to complement that, I mean, in my own parish at Holy Family, we offer confessions on Good Friday from 7 p.m. to midnight. And the last couple of years, the lines have wrapped around the church and but gone Father, outside. Would you say that, you know, with the Sacred Heart, we come to know the love of Jesus in a more personal way? And the more we know and accept that love, the more we realize our need for Him, for mercy. For Him, yeah, and for and His mercy. The more yeah. that we are aware of those times, those thorns that we have, you know, right. put in His heart. And. So many times people who have been away from the sacrament for very long think that they don't need the sacrament. Or but, they think that they're unworthy of it. Yeah. And that's, yeah. The, that's the power, I would say, as a priest, oh. as a priest sitting in the confessional mm-hmm. during Holy Week and especially on Divine Mercy mm-hmm. Sunday, you can't, I mean, you're moved to tears when you have somebody come in and say, it's been 25 years. Mm. It's been 35 years. Or, Father, I'm in my 70s and the last time I went to confession was my first confession. And I, I say, what brought you here? And in their answer, you always hear the power of God's providence. Mm. And Good Friday, powerful day. Mm. Divine Mercy Sunday, another powerful day. These people are drawn to the depth of his mercy, that ocean of mercy that Jesus refers to. And, you know, it doesn't matter who we are, where we are, how long it's been. The Lord's door is open. Mm. That door to the confessional, the tribunal of mercy, as it's called, the confessional, the tribunal of mercy, it's open. And this is a powerful time to draw close to that opportunity to be forgiven and to be restored so that when we enter into that Easter Sunday Mass and we sing the Gloria for the first time Mm -hmm. since the season of Lent began, that glory is now ours too Mm. because we're washed clean. We're wiped clean. And, uh, you know, people say, Father, I missed Good Friday. I had to work. Or I missed, you know, I missed this opportunity. What about Divine Mercy Sunday? Well, I, you know, because of my job, I have to work on Sunday. It's like, did you know that in God's mercy... He makes it available to go to confession a week before, a week after. Uh, do not be so concerned about the date. Be more concerned about God's love and his desire to forgive. That's really good to remember, Father. And then with Divine Mercy Sunday, what, what's happening on that day, Father? And I know at Holy Family, at your parish, yeah, um, you've set aside some time uh, for people to come together. Right. Yeah, you know, Divine Mercy Sunday is one of those beautiful days where many churches, uh, especially in our listeners' area, in our listening area, uh, will set aside the Sunday afternoon for a period of prayer, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, the praying of the Divine Mercy Chaplet at 3 p.m., the Hour of Mercy, uh, confessions. I know at Holy Family, my church, we expose the Blessed Sacrament, our Lord in the Eucharist, at about 12, 1215 on Divine Mercy Sunday, our Lord is exposed throughout the afternoon until about a quarter to five, when we have Mass at five. There's confessions being offered all afternoon. The Divine Mercy Chaplet is sung at three. Uh, last year, we had the Sisters of St. Dominic from the Immaculate Conception Province. They sang the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, mm. both in English and in Polish. And of course, everyone's weeping and screaming for beauty and joy. And I'm trying to hear confessions. And it's like these angelic voices coming from the sisters singing the Chaplet in the language of St. Faustina. What are the graces, Father? Uh, what are the special graces on that day? The graces are the, uh, the opportunity to become one with our Lord Jesus Christ and his mercy, but also to avail ourselves to 
you know, walking with the Lord throughout the rest of our lives to being ushered into heaven by our Lord Jesus Christ himself, accompanied by his his holy mother, she who is our virgin and queen, the blessed Virgin Mary, um, and to have that sensitivity to the presence of Jesus Christ in every moment of every day of our lives, you know, and understanding his desire to forgive, his desire to forgive, his desire to love, his desire to be one with each one of us. Yeah. You know, Father, you mentioned Chuck growing up as a Protestant. How did, what was this Holy Week about? What was this Lenten preparation about? What was Divine Mercy about? And I said, you know, basically, it was all about Easter. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to you on this program today. I'm thinking, how blessed I am. And if you are on the fence out there maybe wanting to think about more about becoming open to the Catholic faith or now becoming more open to your faith by saying, uh, let's have the enthronement of the Sacred Heart take place in our home. Call us at 614-459-4820, 614-459-4820. And also, I'm going to put a plug in for October 14, 2017, we're going to have our sixth annual Sacred Heart Congress at Christ the King Church in Columbus. And a great, it's once a year. It's, it's going to be a wonderful Congress. And every year we have different speakers coming. And this year we're going to have Sister Joseph Andrews, Father John Paul Mary, Father Stosh. There's so much others, adoration, prayers. And we're also celebrating the 100th anniversary of Fatima. So we're going to have the rosary at noon. Uh, and Father, you were mentioning a little procession Friday night. Well, you know, we Catholics, we're never settled just sitting down. <laughs> we always have to do something. And this is a powerful year. It's the 100th anniversary of our Lord's apparition, of Our Lady's apparition in Fatima, sent by our Lord. But Our Lady appeared to the three shepherd children in Fatima. And of course, just recently we found out that our Holy Father... Uh, approve the miracles for the two little shepherd children, Jacinto and Francisco. And so we're awaiting the date of the canonization of those two children. Uh, May 13th Mm -hmm. is the first of the Fatima days. It's the first celebration of the 100th apparition of Our Lady in Fatima. And uh, from Holy Family Church to St. Patrick's, there's going to be a rosary procession on May 13th, starting at 7 p.m. in the evening. May 13th is a Saturday. In preparation for the Sacred Heart Congress... October 14th, the night before, on October 13th, which is the last of the Fatima days, there will be a rosary procession from St. Catherine's Church in Bexley to Christ the King Church in Columbus. And of course, St. Catherine's has already hosted the Sacred Heart Congress. Christ the King will host it this year. And it's a beautiful way to bring to a close the 100th anniversary of Our Lady's apparitions in Fatima. That October 13th, there will be a rosary procession from St. Catherine's Church in the evening to Christ the King. More information to come, but just go ahead and scribble on your calendar or yes, put it in your iPad an, or iPhone. Oh, it's or stay tuned to sacredheartcolumbus.org, sacredheartcolumbus. <laughs> Gabriel Catholic <laughs> Radio. You know, and the questions keep coming in. We have another question that just came in. Can a single person have their home or apartment enthroned? The answer is yes, absolutely. Yes, Please yes. Please do it. Uh, as we bring to a close uh, this Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month, Please, if the questions are stirring within your heart or the thoughts are moving in your mind, mm-hmm. feel free to call in to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and request that enthronement or to pose that question. And uh, you know, please know of our prayers here at the radio station for all of you as we enter into Holy Week 
we ask for your prayers for us as well. In a particular way, as a priest, I'm going to take this moment to be selfish, please pray for your priest. Mm. Please pray for the priest who bring our Lord Jesus Christ to you in the Eucharist. Please pray for the priest who forgive our sins. And please pray for the priest who baptize the little ones and invite the Lord into the soul at that moment of death. Keeping that in mind, let us pray for one another as we journey to the cross and look forward with excitement to the emptiness of the tomb. Most sacred heart of Jesus, we thank you for choosing us from so many others to receive the gift of your presence and of your love. Help make our homes another Bethany, where you will always find yourself among friends. O Immaculate Heart of Mary, Queen of Heaven and Earth and our family, rule over us together with the Sacred Heart of Jesus, he who is our King, brother, and friend. Amen, and God bless you.